Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Our relationship should be God-honoring and life-giving. So today, Lisa Harper, Natalie Grant, Callie Halegenthal, Jada Edwards, and Julia Jeffress Sadler join us for a powerful conversation on how to truly become better together. One of my dearest friends, um, she's a Bible teacher that lives in England, and it was 2005 when we met for the first time. And we didn't know each other. I'd never heard of her. She'd never heard of me. They don't have Christian music in England. And she was at this conference and they asked her, it was not the night that she was speaking. We were at this women's conference in Southern California and it was not the night that she was teaching, but she decided to come anyway. And um, the pastor said, hey, we've got a guest singer here. Would you get up and introduce her? And she was like, I don't know her. Like, I don't even know who this is. And he goes, read out the bio. And they gave her this like biography to read. And she's reading this bio out. And as I start to come to the platform, she began to, we've never met. And she began to prophesy over my life. And was speaking into my life in all of the ways that I was in a very broken season. My husband and I were told that we couldn't have children. Um, We were heartbroken. I was burned out. I'd been burned by friends, friends, I should say. I trusted, I felt like the wrong people. And I was in this moment of like, I don't know who I can trust. I don't know who, you know, has got my back and who doesn't. And it was just a really broken moment. And here was this blonde girl standing on that platform (laughs) that I had never met. And she read my mail the first time she ever said my name. And of course I burst into tears and we hugged and she literally said, hi, I'm Charlotte and I don't normally do this. And I was like, hi, I'm Natalie and I don't normally cry like this when I'm being introduced. And anyway, I did the show, got off the stage and we, we spoke backstage and and I remember, she remembers me saying this, but I don't remember saying it. She said, you were in such a broken place. You said to me, what do you want from me? And I didn't even remember saying that, but that's where I was at. Was like, what do you want from me? You 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 must you must need something from me. You must want something from me. And and that was such a reflection of where I was at. Where I was like, oh, I'm not used to partnership. I'm used to exploitation. Um, and and I remember her saying, I don't want anything from you, but I would like to invite you into my life. I'd like to invite you into my life. Mm. And she, in that moment, was like, I want you to come to England. Would you come stay with me? We just met. We don't know each other. Mm -hmm. I could be certifiably insane, and you have no idea. But you've said, hey, bring your husband. I'd like for us to all just... She invites me to England, and that was the start of a friendship that is now lasted for, goodness, 17 years. Uh And she's still one of my closest friends, like a sister. But what she modeled for me in that moment was what I actually was looking back just a couple of days ago um, in the story in 1 Samuel of David and Jonathan. Mm -hmm. 
of the moment when they first met. And I was even just reading this, and I just want to read it from 1 Samuel 18, because I think it's such a beautiful picture of a partnership, this immediate relinquishing of your rights and your position and jockeying for, okay, how is this going to, how is this going to help me? Mm -hmm. How is this going to meet my need? And as you read in 1 Samuel 18, it says, after David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. So he's like, the crown prince of Israel, basically. (laughs) He met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them for Jonathan loved David. And I feel like I lived this. There was an immediate bond with this woman that I didn't know, but she immediately loved me, not because of who I was or what I could do for her, but she immediately saw me at the point of my need and said, I'm going to love you. I'm going to invite you into my life. And it said, For Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. And of course, I'm not the theologian in this circle, but you can help help know if I'm perceiving the right thing from this. But I see several things when I see that Jonathan did that, that he immediately was like, hey, I'm actually asking you to partner. I'm seeing in you. I'm calling you up. I'm seeing something in you. Number one, I'm going to come with humility. And I'm going to take off all of these things that are my importance, that show who I am, that show how important I am. And I'm going to be willing to share everything that I have with you. I want to invite you in and ask you to partner with me. And I'm going to share all of this stuff with you that makes me important. But I also think that he maybe saw prophetically that he was going to be king. And he was like, I'm going to call you up to who you actually are. I see something in you that you might not even see in yourself yet. And I'm going to give a part of who I am that's going to help call you up to your own destiny. And that to me is the perfect picture of what it means to partner as friends, not just what I can get from this friendship, how this is meeting my need, Mm -hmm. but actually how am I going to give everything that I have, everything that God has blessed me with. I watched my friend do that for me. She invited me into this circle in England, all of her friends. She gave me a place that, a a seat at a table that I probably didn't even deserve a seat at. And I think that is such a beautiful picture of partnership is what Ever in your life you feel like God has entrusted to you, that's of value. I think partnerships are unique. Um, they can help us to be better versions or the best versions of ourselves because it requires two things. It requires a person who is being obedient to the Lord by intentionally leaning into a partnership and speaking life or truth or providing mentorship or providing support or something for someone. And it also requires a person being able to receive that. And so when we're able to come together in that kind of intentional relationship, I think great things can happen. And I believe every single time 
time God calls us to certain partnerships, it's for a purpose. Something good and better always comes out of it. Something that could not happen if those people stayed individual or separate. Whether it's a marriage or a business partnership or a team and ministry or a friendship, um, God brings us together for really intentional reasons. Almost goes back to what you started with at the beginning of this week, Callie, when you talked about sacrifice yes. and it being intentional because yes. he did give him everything that made him royal yes. um, in that moment. And I mean, him giving him his sword was also saying, I'm being so vulnerable with you that you could kill me in this moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there's an absolute trust there. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was sacrificial and it wasn't just, I'm going to bless you. It was going to, it was, I'm taking something that has blessed me yeah. right. and I'm investing it yes. in you because I believe so much in this well, partnership. Trust, but help me understand though, that it wasn't a trust that was earned. No, mm -hmm. no. It wasn't like they had no. this, they built this relationship if and all anything, of a sudden they earned he should it. have been resentful yes. because Saul vacillated back yes. and forth between right. yes. really honoring David, play the harps that'll soothe me mm -hmm. and vilifying David because yes. he was such a jealous nut job. And so if anything, Jonathan should have been wary of, he could take my place. My dad seems just totally like he is so obsessed with this dude named David. And David came from a much lesser, if you think of a caste system, David was outside of royalty. I mean, everything about their friendship is unlikely. And I think what you pointed out, the most unlikeliest of all, is that Jonathan, Jonathan laid down royalty and picked up yes. a, really a tunic of humility to enter yes. into a partnership with him. He, yes. David could not do anything for Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan could do everything for David at that point yeah. in their friendship, which is huge. I think partners are when you, when you join together with another person for a purpose. I think parents, are partners. They're shepherding these beautiful kids they get to call children. I think even co-workers, let's say you're on a, a church staff with somebody and you're, you're co-laboring together. In the New Testament, that's called synergos. You're in sync with each other. I think that's partnership. I think partnership denotes purpose. But you can be friends with people that you actually don't have a purpose with together. I have friends in my life. I've been in the same Bible study for 15 years. Goodness gracious. I'd call all of those women friends. I, I love them. But some of them I only see at Bible study. If they needed me, I'd come over to their house. But we're not, we're, we're not connected like that. <laughs> And then there's some other people in my life, we're connected like that, we're actually kind of yoked, the Bible would call it. That means we're we're so connected that we're like a pair of oxen that are plowing a field, we're yoked together, and we're doing something purposefully together. I, I think that's the difference between, between partnership and friendship. Doesn't mean friendship isn't worth it. Man, you need as many friends as you can get that are safe friends. But I think partnership, that's, that's a very unique calling that God gives you to, to walk out together. 
when we went from zero kids to three at the same time, we're like, we better get some scripture over these kids. <laughs> and we use a verse from that story. In life, they're united and in death, they will not be divided. They'll be swifter than eagles and stronger than lions. And that's like the verse we pray over them because, I mean, they have a very unique situation, but we want them to be united in this life as Christians and not separate in the next life that they'll all accept Christ. But then just, of course, that's the spiritual, but then just in the yeah. way that they live out, yeah. that they're a force and yes. that yeah. they're on the same page. And I've just seen it. I mean, of course, we have people who are saved that you're friends with, but you don't have the same relationship as right. ones you're really on mission with. Yes. And I, for me, I think God does different things in everyone's life. God provided a husband for me when I was 19, and that's my best friend. The other f friends outside of that have come and gone, um, but I have three that are very um, consistent and that we're on mission with. And so it's it's different when you're like, we are living to bring as many people to Christ as possible. We're not going to get caught up in the little things. But that doesn't really mean that then I have 50 close friends. Mm -hmm. It means that I have a few people that, and I, I wasn't as uh, transparent as Jonathan and David. I, people kind of have to show me I can trust you <laughs> at this point. Um, but it's just different. And it's a, it's a deeper relationship where maybe your life doesn't look like social media, but you have those people that really, you're both praying for someone's salvation. You're both praying for the struggles. And I just think that's a neat gift that God gives us that we don't have to be here by ourselves, that we get to have people in the church or we're connected as a, you know, family um, that see things the same way. And that's not going to be everybody, but I, I believe God gives you those people. Yeah. I think um, I was, I didn't, I don't think I knew how to be a friend. Um, I think you, you were speaking about that. Like I had to be shown how to do this. Like I could, I could, uh, go be a spokesperson for a yeah, lot of different yeah. things. Yeah. I was liked in a lot of places, yeah. kind, but kind of shallow. And I, yeah. I literally didn't know how to break the surface yeah. and, okay. and be known. Um, I stumbled into this group of friends that I'm like, they, I, I don't know where I'd be without them. And they dogged me. I mean, they were like, you keep, you're just slippery. You keep yeah. like, oh, like the niceties. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. And they just saw into it, saw yeah. it, and they yeah. stayed mm. at me. Like, wow. and I, I mean, it was, it was humbling. There were points where I'm like, can you just give up? Like, can you, like please. Yeah. And they persisted. I do. I'm fortunate enough to have an incredible group of friends. Um, and these are, you know, relationships we've fought for uh, over the years. Um, but I think the thing that feels like David and Jonathan, that kind of, yeah, that interdependence, that sort of connection, the, the partnership, um, I was going through uh, a lot and just kind of raw and open and I couldn't hide behind my defenses or a nice polished face or all the right answers. And I remember one of these friends telling me, um, this is the best version of you I've seen. And to me, when I expected it to be like, hey, can you polish it up? Hey, can you fix that? Hey, can you fix that? Like, I I actually felt her clothe me with dignity in that phrase and say, I just like when we really get to see you. It's an honor to see what you're truly like. Um, that to me is, I, I, I hope everyone has a friendship like that. It spurs me on. Um, it makes me a better person. Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I interned years ago with um, one of my great friends, Christine DeMarco. She's an incredible worship leader. And um, I, I wanted to intern with her, you know, I'm like, well, I mean, she's a worship leader, but I actually was like the way she does her relationships, like she'd rather be at home with her family than on stage leading worship. Like how, how do you do that? Like how, how does she let people in all that? And, um, this is before I even really knew her. Um, and before I'd started interning, I had this series of dreams where I was, um, going to church and I had a shower caddy with me and a towel and a change of clothes. And I would walk up to the church and I would just walk around the circle of the, of the sanctuary and I can hear the worship. It's like goosebumps. It's like alive and beautiful, everything I live for. But I wouldn't walk in because I first needed to take my shower right. and I'm walking around and I'm dropping things and I can't find where oh, it's wow. at. And all this time I can hear what I'm made for mm, and yeah. I can't get in wow. because wow. I think, I, I think that there's this barrier wow. I need to take care of first, right? Right. I keep having these dreams about showers over and over. And I'm like, okay, what what is this about? When it ended, the last dream I ever had, I, again, I had not met Christine yet, um, but I I knew she was the worship pastor and I had this portable shower with like a porta potty, but it was a shower and it's this giant blue thing and I have a rope and I'm pulling it behind me and I go to her kitchen and, um, <laughs> and she goes, oh, uh, you could leave that right there if you want. And I'm like, Mm, she can tell I'm hesitant. Like I might need it. And she's like, we'll watch it. It's okay. And then I just came over and sat with her at a table and, um, and just chatted. And in this dream, I just told her, I just felt like I, I felt friendship for the first time, but in a dream, I didn't even know what that would feel like. I don't think, but I just sat with this stranger and was listened to. And I was like, Oh, gotta go. And I, and I get up to leave and I start walking out and she goes, Oh, do you need that? Do you, do you want to bring that with you, that shower? And I was like, no, I don't think I need it. Can I leave it here? Wow. wow. And that to me, that's really what they've done yeah. where it's like, mm-hmm. I felt like I had to go on the outside to feel yeah. qualified, to mm-hmm. feel like, mm-hmm. I mean, they, their mm-hmm. friendship pulled me into a partnership of like, Hey, you're an equal, like, yes. Hey, don't, we don't need you to go do X, Y, and Z and get all this stuff figured out and be perfect and whatever mm-hmm. we want you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the partnership was pulling me up into that was yeah. calling yeah. me out. Like, yeah. Hey, we're not backing down. You need friends just like anyone else. We don't care how pulled together, how anointed, how X, Y, and Z, like you need friends. And, and the fact that they did that, I mean, it really changed my life. And that, that led to them sticking around with me in the worst times of my life. When I'm like, there is no good to offer. There's Mm -hmm. grief, there's pain. The way that they would sit Mm -hmm. and listen to my Mm -hmm. anger, Mm -hmm. the way that they would sit Mm -hmm. and not fix it and not yeah. throw these spiritual yeah. platitudes yeah. or this yeah. Bible verse. It just was not the time. It was, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I watched Jesus do that with me as well, but just yeah. to sit. Yeah. Um, and, and that the fact that they would catch me up in partnership yeah. so that we could sit together yeah. was just such a gift. I mean, I, there's no way I can repay that. There are times in our life, 
I think we run into and when we don't have the strength on our own. It's not for lack of trying. It's not because we don't want to. We just, our legs get pulled underneath us and the wind gets knocked out. And in those times, we need those friendships to carry us. And um, yeah, my, my group of friends, the way that they have been there for me when I have had nothing to give and so much pain um, and in grief, the way that they've surrounded, the way they've anchored me, um, the way that I know that they're not gonna let me go off any deep end, but they will sit with me and they will mourn and they'll grieve and, and they'll take my story like it's theirs. Um, that, that was a lifeline, nothing short of a lifeline. And in those moments, we can't pull ourselves up. We have people who have the muscle and the heart to, um, we, we got to prepare for those moments before they happen. We need to develop those relationships and those friendships before the moments of crisis um, so that we're we're ready and, and we will have them when they're there. We also want to provide that for other people before their moment of crisis. So there's so many benefits to doing this um, and deeply investing in people who not only are fun to be around, but really are going to get in with you and are going to call you higher and be, um, be a support system when you just don't have one within yourself. But I do, I feel like I was given armor. I feel like I was given, yeah. and when I didn't know how to handle it, like I hurt them. I rejected, yes. do you oh, know what I'm saying? No, I yeah. was like, yeah. I don't want this. Mm -hmm. And they persisted because the Lord asked them to. And I feel like I'm, I'm wearing yeah. armor from my friends, yeah. truly, truly, yeah. and wouldn't have survived this last season of my life without yeah. them. Yeah. And that's my hope is that everyone has friends or our friends that pull right. us up into partnership of, hey, right. this is who you yeah. are. You're meant for, I don't care how powerful, right. I don't care how on one, I don't care your story. You are made for this yes. and we're not moving ahead without you. Right. You know, that just shaped, it shaped my whole life. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's something, when I think about partnership, I do think some of us, as, as you all have shared, are blessed to have some friendships that are partnerships. Yeah. I don't know that every friendship is a partnership. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but when I think about the fact that God, the sovereign, fully capable, fully able, omnipotent, omnipresent, this God said, I could, if I wanted to, in a snap, bring everyone to salvation. But what I'm going to do is partner with you, those that fell asleep in the garden, those that denied me, you that messed up, you that didn't believe till you touched it and felt it. I know what's going on at your house. You, I want to partner with you to make the world know me. And he says that before he, you know, at the end of the Gospels. And then again, we see at the beginning of Acts, he's like, I want you to be my witnesses. Right. We're going to partner yeah. with, I could tell yeah. everybody about me right. if I wanted to, yeah. but I want to partner with you. And so when I think yeah. about the weight of what it means from a biblical perspective is that partnership produces something yeah. that you could not have if you were separate. Wow. And now with God is different because he can do what he wants, yeah. right? He doesn't need us, but he wants us. Yeah. And so when we see that realizing our relationships, you know, I've just had to learn that God brings people in our lives and sends me and sends you into people's lives because there's something he wants to produce in you. And sometimes the partnership is not a friendship. I've had great partners where I know that together God is asking us to accomplish this mission or this thing. Mm -hmm. It's not always a huge thing. Sometimes it's just something he wants to do through us. Mm -hmm. um, but this concept that there's something that partnership produces has shifted 
significantly how I see relationships. And it and it really started with my marriage because I'm an Enneagram three. I'm an extrovert. I think I know everything. And I want to be great. And I want to be right. And if you tell me I'm not right, you better bring a case. And I'm like, excuse me. And while you're telling me that, I already have a counter case. Okay. Because generally, I think I'm right. So, um, and in God's irony, my husband is almost the same temperament. So, you have two extroverts in marriage. We'll talk about that in heaven, Lord. Uh, but we have this extrovert in marriage. So our our conversations were, you know, even when we were dating, my mother would walk by the room and. She She'd be like, are you sure this is the one? Because we'd be like, okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow. You know, and so our wedding day, we argued. Just, oh my gosh, it was just, this is our conversation. So there's always been um, um, a a healthy debate, a robust (laughs) robust. engagement. (laughs) Um, And I think I, it took me a while to understand that this wasn't something competitive, Mm -hmm. um, but that God had brought us together. Mm And all of our crazy, and it was complimentary. And it it took me a long time to realize that because I'm wired to be competitive by nature. I want to win the point, win the thing, win the thing. And I remember one day God was like, This, I mean, you make good points, but you make a poor partner. (laughs) It's like, this is not good for partnership. You cannot always need to win because when you win, you isolate. When you say, I've made my point, or I've won, or I don't need you. Okay, but I don't, I didn't call you to independence. I didn't call you to codependence. Mm-hmm. I called you to interdependence. Yeah. Right. Whether it's marriage, yes. friendship, yes. siblings, yes. belief, just the life of a believer. And so right. it took, it took me getting something in my head. And he was like, here's what I want to produce in you and your husband, mm-hmm. Conway, that even though I think y'all are great and Stella, you're in my image. What can I say? Um, <laughs> you cannot do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that, when I started to get that in marriage, God bless my husband, just pray for him. Um, we've been married 21 years. I think I got it at year 19. No, I'm kidding. Maybe a little earlier. But uh, when I started to get that, it changed my friendships. Yeah. Um, and so I, I began to see some of those friendships that they are just a give only. And our mm-hmm. culture is like, oh, it's give and take. No, not always. Right. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yep. God's like, no, this person's in your life. This is yep. what you pour into them. Yep. Yeah. And that's yes. okay. I'm going to feel you in other places. Right. Yep. No, yep. Don't ask right. them for something that I didn't wire them to give you. Mm-hmm. This person's in your life and they feel you a lot, you know? Yeah. Oh, but this thing, this person, this is a partnership. This is a right. partnership. This is a right. partnership. Yeah. And they're not right. all, that's they don't all so have to be. Good. But he's right. like, this relationship, when you all t- are together, I produce something through right. you that you couldn't right. have on your own. And so it's a it's a fascinating nuance between relationship and friendship and partnership. But it has changed me and it's it's made me feel so humbled that all the things that God could do without me, he chooses to do through right. me and invites me to do that with other yeah. people. When we were newlyweds, uh, we met this couple and I just thought, oh, this is, these are going to be our couple friends. We're going to raise our kids together. We're going to, you know, take carnival cruises as 80-year-olds. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just made up a whole story about who these people were supposed to be in our lives because I really felt like God had provided them that this relationship came out of nowhere and that I'd been praying for it. And I, I had our whole, our whole future mapped out. And... Uh, about a few months into the relationship, it became very apparent that we were supposed to be in each other's lives, but it was for a very different reason. And they ended up getting divorced, and um, one of the spouses left the other one, and it was it was just devastating. And there wasn't 
anything really reciprocal about that relationship. It was very much, I've put you in their lives to help them and to encourage them. And I was absolutely okay with that because it was so God ordained. Our paths should have never crossed. And clearly, um, I it was a privilege. It was a privilege to get to be in their lives and walk through them, uh, through that with them. That thing you said about not being competitive, yes. but it being complementary, I think is what you yeah. said. It, yes. Because it, it, I wanted to win the point, but it made a poor partner. I, it, this, exactly. The Lord was like, listen. Yeah. But sometimes that actually plays itself out in friendships. Yeah. Friend, yeah. Women can be funny. I'm not saying that men can't be, but I'm. But my, in my experience, in just even the way I'm wired sometimes, you know, we want to act like we're not competitive. Mm-hmm. But we really are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Underneath are, it all. Yeah. Yeah. Underneath it all, it it's like underneath, yeah. is that underneath it all, you're like, wait, yeah. you know, you yeah. you act like these best friends, but you really don't want that person to win more than than yeah. you're winning, yeah. and and yeah. I see it all the time yeah. in friendships that I'm in, and then I'm like, well, those aren't really friendships, right? Mm-hmm. Those are relationships yeah. that with people that might be going the same direction in life yes. as you, that you right. kind of had a moment. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why you have to ask for Holy Spirit discernment on who are supposed to be friendship partners with you. And not just those that were, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, someone that God's brought into my life in the last six years. And we both were, I'm like, I had a a friend in a different country, but I needed a friend in my same zip code. I was like, you know, that one's in England. I only see her a couple times a year, but I didn't have that one friend. I don't need 10 Mm -hmm. friends like that. I just needed that one sister. All my family's in Seattle and I'm in Nashville. And I'm like, I just need that one sister. And, Mm -hmm. and God just brought this friend. She's on here. A lot of names, Alex Seely. She also happens to be my pastor, which is a whole other interesting type of relationship that she's my pastor but also my sister and best friend but it's possible it's actually possible to be best friends with someone and to still submit Mm -hmm. to an authority and a place that they have in your life and it doesn't mean it's easy but it's possible Um, and I've just watched this sisterhood that we have with one another where it's not just a relationship where I'm looking to someone who's going to make me feel good about myself someone that's always only going to be the friend that's that's building me up, but actually realizing that sometimes when they have to tell me a hard truth, Mm -hmm. there's a difference between somebody tearing you down with truth, Mm -hmm. tearing you down with, because they're actually not even speaking truth, they're just trying to bring you low so that they can feel better about themselves. And somebody who actually is doing it because they love you so much yes. that they're speaking the hard truth to yes. you. And that's one of the beautiful partnerships of friendship that I've learned in this season mm-hmm. is the difference between someone telling you the truth in love mm-hmm. and someone actually trying to tell you the truth that might not even be the truth, mm-hmm. but they're doing it, it saying it's in love. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, it's because I love you and mm-hmm. I'm just trying to help you, mm-hmm. but actually because they're trying to keep you low so they can elevate right. themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's where discernment comes in about mm-hmm. who you're willing to partner with. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to partner right. with every friend. friend. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Not. And I think to something. because mm-hmm. I have not always been a good friend or chosen well, um, but by the grace of God, I'd have, I've had a, Motley crew that's pursued me <laughs> like you and just wouldn't let me not yes. be their friend. And now I don't know how I do life without them. But years ago, I remember asking my mom, I was like, how do I, how do I choose the people that I really align with? Not mm-hmm. just the people I'm on a big team with, but the people I 
partner with. I played tennis growing up and, you know, it's, I love doubles better than singles. I just, it was just more fun to me. And I said, how, how do I partner with somebody, mom, who, cause I kept getting with these mean girls and I'd be like, oh, I love her. And then I'd be like, every time I turn around, I feel like I'm getting skewered. And she said, Lisa, choose people that when you walk away from them, you are more in love with Jesus. And if you walk away from somebody and you're more impressed with Jesus as a result of being with them, not necessarily impressed with them, then that's a person you can do life with. And it was such a simple, just this kind of simple mantra, if you will. But I've thought of that so many times because I'll be with somebody I like or somebody I admire or somebody who's been incredibly kind to me. But I think, I don't feel like I'm walking away more in love with Jesus. But then the people I've been with who even when they tell me a hard truth, their motive is so for me to be be more in love with Jesus. I walk away so in love with Jesus even if I want to wait a minute or two before I go to dinner with them again because they kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs> but I'm more in I'll love with month. Jesus yeah. than yeah. I go, oh, that that's a person I, I really can do life with closely. God created partnership because we are truly better together. It It isn't just a cute little phrase that somebody came up with for a TV show. <laughs> it's actually a concept that God has put in motion to say, listen, none of us are meant to be Lone Rangers. None of us are meant to be Mavericks. You know, yes, you can. I can accomplish great things through your life, but when you choose to actually lay this down and lay that down and pick that up and you do it in partnership with other people, Um, It's a constant thing of, okay, I can do this greater thing uh, when we partner and work together. And I think that He's constantly showing us and giving us the opportunity uh, to see through our relationships, through our friendships, that we really are truly better together. And then this is pretty simple too, but it's proven true in my life as I get closer and closer to that. Well, I'm in the second half of my life. Um, I'll be, I keep telling myself I'm 60 because I'm going to be 60 in a year and a half. So I'm preparing myself <laughs> for it. I'm 58, no but I'm, I'm close to 60. <laughs> and it's taken me a long time to realize I do really, really well in relationships with people who are gifted in areas where I'm weak. And so I don't, I'm not as strong in same, same relationships. And so I'm not going to choose a windbag like me to spend every day with because who would listen in that relationship? But I'm finding myself so drawn to people where I go, oh, well, that's so not my gift area. I've struggled there. And then I go, wow, when I'm with them together we're, we're a little more Barnabasette and Paulette. We're a little more effective in the way we communicate the gospel because she is so gifted in areas where I, I'm still growing or may never be effective. And so I also think it's important as we talk about relationships to always have somebody older, always have somebody younger, because otherwise we get so myopic and Mm -hmm. we call God's will what is really human preference. And so I go, give me other opinions. Give me from people who are in totally different ages and stages of life. And as they go, well, actually, have you seen it from this vantage point? And I go, no, 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 because I haven't lived in that valley. I didn't see the mountain from that perspective. Oh, wow, that's awesome. So the older I get, the 
the more I want to, I've got my posse I'm super, super close to, but Mm -hmm. I'm very, I have such an affinity for people who aren't like me. I think Mm -hmm. homogeny is overrated. Mm -hmm. I was uh, so shaped, like as I'm getting drawn out of my shell and all this kind of (laughs) stuff, I have my group of friends and then I have this just beloved, I worked for him. His name is Gabe. He's phenomenal pastor um, of all pastors. And I, it was so interesting to watch, like to let him be hands-on in my life enough to feel the push and pull of like things that I was certain would be like, we have to address this now. Yeah. So much patience. Yeah. Um, and then things where I'm like, that's chill. Oh, it's not chill. That is not chill. Okay. But I'll just never forget. <laughs> he learned quickly. Um, but I think for me, to, to your point, he had this vantage point with a scope that was just different. So for me, I'm like, you know, I'm in my mid twenties and I'm like, what's my life for? And am I ever going to this and all the classic, you know, and he just has, he's lived more life. And the way he treated me, I, it changed everything because he, um, the things I'd get so worked up about, he, he wouldn't say anything about, he knew I was hard on myself, all this kind of stuff, but he, he had that perspective on the outside where he treated me like the me he saw me to be in five years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like he didn't yes. treat me like today. I'm yes. treating me yes. like today. Yes. My friends are treating like me yesterday. like today or like yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He literally saw me for five, 10 That's years awesome. in the future yes. and, and grew me into that by treating me that way. By, yeah. And by calling me higher, it wasn't just like right. they're there. It was like, but in love, cause I felt his vision for me. Right. I, cause mm-hmm. he lived a different, he lived right. Mm-hmm. slightly more life. He's not even, right. I mean, but the way, the way that he had this trajectory, I could really trust, oh, that my failures in the moment, the, yeah. the blunders, right. this and that yeah. actually aren't going to cost me who right. I'm becoming in five, mm-hmm. 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it gave me my own perspective from right. my life. And that, so I love the, the cross-generational, the different perspective yeah. points yes. because I right. could not see that. I didn't have mercy in the places I needed to. I didn't have urgency in the places I needed right. to. Yeah. And right. I needed someone who had yeah. wisdom to see on the outside. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're going to spend our energy on. Here's what we're not. And it, catapulted I mean like I've known him now for 10 years and how he treated me five years from then was how I how I acted I now am the person that that he treated me like I mean it's unbelievable get the latest better together news delivered straight to your inbox visit bettertogether.tv to sign up now this episode is brought to you by Shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The power you have as a Christ follower, if we will, yes. if we will not be so focused on our little 15 minutes in the yes. sun yes. and we go, and again, as I'm just getting older, I go, golly, I want to look behind me. Not that I've accomplished yes. anything. I mean, age wise, mm-hmm. I want to look at the 20 somethings and the 30 somethings and go, yeah. honey, let me tell you where I broke yeah. my ankle yes. so mm-hmm. you can avoid yes. stepping yes. in that hole. Yes. What can I help you? Because yes. I want to be part of your rocket launch team. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah 
because for the sake of the gospel, the Gracies need to go infinitely further than us. I was telling my daughter recently, I was trying to explain to her why David didn't get to build the temple. And I said, well, baby, I showed her this first. And I said, you know, here it says there was too much blood on his hands. Mm -hmm. So Solomon got to build the temple that he had the blueprints for. God gave him the dream. But his son was the one who actually supervised the construction. And I said, honey, I have carried so much shame. Missy was literally orphaned. I had the orphan spirit. Missy didn't have an orphan spirit. And I said, honey, I've carried shame for so long. And I'm running out of human runway. Mm -hmm. You haven't carried shame. Baby, you're going to do things for the kingdom that I didn't do. Because I'm I'm running out of runway. And I don't mean that as, you know, whiny, whiny. Oh, my goodness, God has carried me to places I never dreamt I'd walk. But I I think when you said and you started the conversation now with this, that Jonathan saw in David that he would be the king. And Jonathan called it out of him and said, I'm going to give you my very own sword. Mm -hmm. And then you said he gave him a seat at the table. How cool that even the end of their human friendship Mm -hmm. that David said, is there not someone in Jonathan's house? Jonathan and his dad have already been killed in war. David's now the king that his friends saw in him 30 years almost before. Is there not someone I can honor? Because I made a vow to my best friend. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, there's this dude named Mephibosheth, but he lives in a barren place because when they were racing out of the temple, the nanny dropped him and he broke both feet. And he assumes you'll kill him because there's so many coups during this period. Mm. Go get him. And you stop and think about Bo going, oh, snap. (laughs) The king has sent for me. He's finally figured out where I live. There is going to be a public execution because my grandfather tried to kill him. My grandfather is such a nut job. And y'all remember he comes before David and he falls on the ground and and begs to be treated like a dog. Mm -hmm. And David says, stand up. Mm -hmm. You will always have a seat at my table. So I think of in the natural Gabe, 20 years from now, who knows what God's going to do with your life. But for Gabe to go, look at how much more beautiful the table is. Because when this beautiful kid at 20 was struggling with, do I need to take a shower before I go into the sanctuary? He said, not only do you not have to take a shower, but you're going to, you're going to propel other people into cleanliness mm-hmm. and righteousness by your gift. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's yeah. loving other people enough. It goes back to honor. It's us going, well, we get yes. to do this. Mm-hmm. Yes. We get to help the people mm-hmm. around us. I think I totally agree with you saying not everybody's a partner. I totally agree with that, but there's a but here. Um, I think we should seek to partner with almost everybody. Maybe partner isn't the right word, maybe propel. Mm -hmm. I want to go, how can I, in some tiny way today, scooch you closer to Jesus? I think it's prayer and discernment and looking for what God might be doing in your life. Does it align with what He might be doing in the other person's life? And an affirmation of your community. I think all the ways we make good decisions um, still apply when it comes to partnerships. I think some friendships God just calls because there's a person who has a deep need or needs encouragement and you're a great encourager and He may put you together for a season to help them through something or uh, a friend that allows you to become 
better at understanding your feelings, or it could be so many reasons that God uh, brings us together as friends. But the partnership to me is a much more intentional type of friendship. That means Hey, I'm serving a purpose in your life that moves you toward God's mission or plan for your life. Um, I have several really good friends and two or three of them have become partners for me because we're both on the same path when it comes to ministry. And so we get to work together and and kind of pour into each other. And aside from the fun girlfriend stuff we do, and aside from the friendship sharpening, we actually partner toward the mission that God has called us to because it's interwoven. And so I think you have to be prayerful because sometimes we're tempted to partner with people because it seems like they would benefit us or be a great opportunity. And it is not where God is leading us. So you, you have to be careful with um, obviously who you choose as friends, but at that other level, who you allow um, to become partners in your life because they're going to affect the mission. They're going to affect what you accomplish. And when it comes to that tight partnership, it's, you know, something that you've been saying throughout this conversation is that those partnerships, those friendships should make you, when you walk away, feel closer to Jesus. And we should make the other person feel like they're walking away feeling closer to Jesus. But I even think in just the last few minutes that we have, that it's really important to talk about, um, that doesn't mean that you can't be friends with people that don't know Jesus. You can. You can be friends with people that don't know Jesus, but they shouldn't be your soul friends. That's right. They shouldn't be your tightest partnership friends Mm -hmm. because there's no way. Yes, you can still evangelize to your friends. You can still have, we should all have people in our circle Mm -hmm. and at our tables, by the way, that don't look like us and don't think like us. Um, We should, and we don't do enough of that as the church right now, but I don't do enough of that. But my closest soul sister, soul relationship, my husband, my sister friends, those should be people that are helping propel me towards Jesus. And I think that there are some people watching that you're going to need to take some really close look at your inner circle, not your friend circle, but your inner circle of who you're listening to, of who you're giving that kind of access to, of who you're allowing to speak into your life and that are not propelling you towards Jesus. And you keep getting frustrated, you know, at why do I feel stuck here? Why do I feel like I can't move forward here? Why do I feel like it's because you're surrounding yourself with people that don't know how to propel you towards Jesus and you're allowing voices in that you don't realize the destruction that it's actually having because it might not even sound negative in the moment but it's giving you um it's giving you a perspective a humanistic a humanism perspective of how you should be feeling and what you should be going for and why this is what you're entitled to that's the antithesis to the gospel and you're not even realizing it but it's because you've allowed people into your circle to have a voice that should never have been given that right I feel like in the last couple of years, the Lord has really been showing me people that He's really called me to partner with. You know, you can have um, deep friendships with people, but not every friend are you called to truly partner with. And, um, you know, I've watched the Lord in the last few years deposit people in my life that I'm like, 
these people I'm actually called to partner with, not just in, you know, doing life together and talking about raising our kids together and going on vacation together, but um, in partnering in what it is that God has called us to do. And all of a sudden you see that when you begin to like lean into that still small voice that the Holy Spirit is whispering, like that this is somebody to partner with. This is somebody that I've brought into your path for a, for a greater assignment than just this friendship that you think is just right here in the moment, you see that God has given you each complementary giftings. You know, I think about two of my best friends, both of whom are preachers and Bible teachers, and how we've been able to not just partner in friendship, partner in family, partner in, you know, talking about how to do life and do our kids, but now we're partnering in ministry and we see this complementary nature of what God has brought together. And I think that that is something, it doesn't mean it's always easy, but if you're wondering like, man, is this a partnership that God has for me? I think that he'll reveal an ease to it. I don't mean easy, but I mean an ease, an ease, an ability to be able to work with one another, an ability to be able to see eye to eye on what it is that God has called you to do, that you're moving in the same direction in life. And um, I find that when I lean into those friendships that I feel like, man, God has placed this in my path because it's always for a greater purpose than just our comfort or our need of a friend. <laughs> when you can understand that you're always on assignment, you're always on mission to fulfill the Great Commission, you're always on mission um, to bring kingdom to earth. Um, I feel like that really helps me to be able to look at my friendships and go, okay, God, what is your purpose? Maybe there's someone watching right now and it's going to be a difficult thing. A fine line to walk between not wanting to cut somebody off so that they don't find Christ, but finding that place in your own heart that says, I've got to actually put a boundary here right. where mm -hmm. I still keep them in my world, mm -hmm. but I don't actually let them have access mm -hmm. to that inner working of my own soul and my own life. And let's just pray and yeah. just, God, we just, we bring this before you, Lord. And we just um, thank you that first of all, you call us into partnership with you. It just will never cease to amaze me that um, you call me friend, um, that you want friendship with us that the king of the world and the creator and the one who holds the stars in place says, man, I see you, Natalie, and I want you to be my friend and I wanna be your friend. And God, I just pray for those that are even watching right now that don't feel that friendship from you, God, because of their own brokenness, Lord. I just pray right now that they would actually sense um, your loving arms wrapped around them. The Bible says you pick us up like little lambs and carry us close to your heart. And may they actually feel feel carried in friendship by you, Lord, that you're not just um, a God that's far away, but that you're actually an up-close friend. May we feel that partnership with you, Lord, and may we not only feel that love, but may we also now feel the weight of the responsibility to be in partnership with you and what that looks like to walk out partnership 
with you and how we walk that out with our friends, God. Um, Help us to see how we can propel others, not looking for others to propel us, but how we can look to be that kind of Jonathan in someone's life where we are willing to lay down what it is that you've given us, to maybe um, open up our hands to something that we're holding so tightly, something we don't want to share, a secret that we don't want to pass on because it feels really good to just hold on to it for ourselves, God. Help us to be the kind of friend that propels people towards you, that calls out the good in them, that helps them continue their race with endurance, God, to fulfill what it is that you've destined for their lives. Help us to be those kind of friends, Lord. And in those situations where maybe we've allowed voices and relationship with people that we know are not good for us, but somehow it's meeting some need in us that feels really hard to let go of. Would you give us the courage to break off those ties with people that we have no business being in that close of relationship with God? Give us the wisdom to love people into the kingdom, but to be discerning on who we allow to have voice into our heart and into our mind, God. And we just, we commit all of this to you. This is all for your glory, but you've designed it so that it would be for our good. And we commit this to you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.